Welcome to the Delano Newsmakers podcast, bringing context to the stories that matter in Luxembourg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Newsmakers. Today, we'll be talking about Luxembourg Pride. With me in Delano studio is Nicola van Elswe, board member of Rosa Luxembourg, which is behind the organization of Luxembourg Pride. Nicola, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks a lot for being here. And can we just start with uh, maybe explaining what your role in uh, Rosa Luxembourg is? What do you do? So I joined the board like four years ago, um, just as a, as a normal board member, assisting with projects, etc. And since last year, also now uh, secretary as well. So mm. I'm I'm uh, writing all the reports and. In, yeah, it's a very, very uh, standard job, let's say, but a very essential one. Mm, a, a lot of the organization of the events as well, right? Yes, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, actually, h- here's a question that I have been uh, wanting to ask, because when I was doing the preparation of this, yeah. I realized uh, I'm not from Luxembourg and I'm straight. So I'm completely out of my depth in this whole field. So I went and I asked a friend of mine some uh, to give me a little bit of uh, tips about this because he's a person who has had to deal with the fact that some people find it hard to uh, understand that he he can be uh, attracted to someone from the same gender. So here's what uh, my friend uh, told me. Uh, Straight normativity still dominates everything. You can be gay but still follow the regular path. You can be gay, lesbian, but not too gay. It's safe to be gay and openly uh, live openly in Luxembourg. But Luxembourg is not only gay men living in Luxembourg City. There are different cultures, opinions, education, levels of openness in other parts of the country which are not addressed. Uh, it is okay to be gay and lesbian, but there's barely room for queer people to just be. Is this a statement that you agree with? I've, unfortunately, I have to agree, um, mm. especially as the... The, the, the gay lesbian for following the, the heteronormative way of living, so meaning buying a house, uh, getting married, etc. Then you fall into the easy cate- category, like your life will be standard, easy, you will have not as much difficulties. However, if your lifestyle is different, uh, for example, polyamorous or... Uh, if you are looking for other types of relationships, like if you are non-binary, uh, trans person, then life suddenly becomes a lot, lot more different and more difficult. Uh, especially for trans people, it is still now nowadays very complicated to find, uh, yeah, accommodating spaces and finding the the, the help and the care needed uh, for you. But yeah, there is um, there is still a lot, lot to be done. Like. I think the the basic rights of of lesbian and, and, and gays are in in short, but now it's like the other the other parts still still need to to be tackled and to be dealt with. Mm, exactly, and we do uh, sort of get the feeling that uh, for the uh, lesbian and gay uh, people in Luxembourg, like you said, there is a certain uh, acceptance that they can live openly as they are. But having reached that point. I have a feeling that there is a certain group of people who feel like this is enough. Um, and clearly it isn't. Um, so how do you how, how do you and how do people in Rosa Luxemburg normally react when they uh, have to sort of push back against that or uh, educate people about that? So, yeah, the, the, the main problem is, of course, that it is 
a sort of mis misconception like just because you think it is it is enough doesn't mean that it is enough you need to talk with people who are actually affected by a problem to know if if things are progressed enough or not um of course like i find society is very dynamic so it is always things always change nowadays we are so interconnected with facebook instagram other social media like we're all the time in touch with each other so this also means that things change very very often so mm -hmm. if you agree with with if with the facts that no that no pr progress is needed you basically agree with the status quo meaning that nothing will change which can be good but can also be bad because things keep changing so what is agreed on today might not apply for tomorrow so that is why especially in the organization as well we always try also to listen what what is happening well in the community what is like the feedback of people uh, is there something we need to change um, but it is difficult as Rosa Letzbush we need to fight also on a political front those battles are very intense very slow uh, a lot of actual walking like be careful what you say mm. do not uh like insult people from the community but also not to under undersell what what you want to change so it is always yeah it's a bit of a two cutting uh two-edged sword yeah yeah exactly and you you don't want to accidentally do something that would maybe turn out to be a step back yeah. in in a sense uh so uh, w what about these People who are, uh, let's say, queer people who are, um, who don't have the same level of, uh, who don't meet the same level of acceptance in Luxembourg. Um, the thing that you mentioned, people uh, who are, let's say, uh, non-binary or who uh, want a, a polyamorous relationship or something else. How, what needs do they have? What are they missing in, in society in Luxembourg? So first of all, I need also to 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 add something to mm. to that, saying that I'm a white gay man, so I also come with my own privileges. So mm. it is of course a privilege to talk now on behalf of the whole community, but I cannot talk for everyone. Like everyone has their own needs. So that's something I need to to clarify first. Uh, that everything that I say can might be seen differently by by someone else like i do not know the needs of everyone if they haven't spoken up about it i don't know uh yet so that's also why like for people it is an, is, an, is an invitation as well to keep talking to us it is important that we reflect on on society um it's not always easy for for people let's let's for example say we are recently also in a work group for uh prep uh, I don't know if you know, it is an uh, antiviral anti drug against mm -hmm. HIV infection. So, for example, now it is available, but it is still very difficult to get it. And it takes quite a long time before you get it. So for the community who of those people who live their sex lives more, more freely to prevent HIV infection, for example, there they have their own specific needs to have more easily access to... Uh, to the prescription and to and to the the medication as well uh for trans people in in general um it already it starts on so many different levels like t access to toilets uh changing rooms mm. uh change of names uh also how does the the reimbursement process work if you do a transition mm. 
um, the process works still feel very, very slowly. This was also one of our revendications this year that the CNS also doesn't ask anymore for having the the signature from a psychiatrist like, yeah, this person does not suffer a disorder, but this is oh. their identity. Like CNS still wants you to provide the paper saying that this person is not crazy. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Because that's a very um, old way of, of looking at things. I, I remember doing some research um, specifically about uh, Bulgaria, where I'm from, where there was a one point uh, where they introduced this, uh, uh, seeing uh, homosexuality as a sickness, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, it was considered a step forward because it was a step away from it being a criminal offense. Yeah. Um, so in a sense... But, but in the same sense, it was a step backwards yeah. because it stigmatized a lot of people. Like it was the, the, the same with like Born This Way movement from uh, mm. that came also with Lady Gaga uh, pronouncing the song. The idea behind it is very nice. But on the other hand, you're also basically saying like people are born this way from, from birth, it's, it's rigid. No, things change. Like, mm. for example, there are many studies on, on lesbian or, or women in general where you also see a lot of shifts in sexuality. People that mm. were lesbian before now identify as straight or, or otherwise. Like, mm. things, things move a lot more and you should also be able to, to change. Like, if you are wrong today, you should have the right to also correct yourself tomorrow. And mm -hmm. things change. You have different experiences. You are a human being, like you're yeah. not a stone. Yeah, absolutely. Like like your preferences in absolutely everything that you like, it changes. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to uh, find something that you like during the whole your whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, that can be about uh, sexuality, but it can be about millions of other things. Like I didn't like pickles on hamburgers. Now mm -hmm. I adore pickles. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It changes. Mm -hmm. It changes, and maybe in twenty years. You Who won't knows? like them again. Who knows? <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to also ask you something uh, specific about the uh, LGBT plus community in Luxembourg. Um, are there any specific issues? Because um, you mentioned before this interview that um, when we were talking, the first Pride was in 1999. Uh, we have generally an impression of Luxembourg that things are pretty forward thinking, but obviously there is a lot of progress still to be made. What are specific issues that we have in Luxembourg regarding the community? The community is very gay focused at this point. Um, it is because lesbians are underrepresented at this point, especially also young people, because most of them are leaving for studying abroad. Mm. Don't come back or, you know, it's, 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 it's more difficult. Uh, but especially with lesbians, it is, I don't know why, um, but we don't hear from them very often. It is a much more closed community. Um, unless something has been said wrong, then they are quite, quite open and, and, and direct about it, which is good. Um, because as I said before, we shouldn't be talking uh, for everyone. Like you, everyone has the right to express uh, them themselves. Um, but like there was a kind of renaissance or like a revival in 2017, 18, where we really saw like, oh, things are moving again. Like people are, are excited, are willing to collaborate together. And then came COVID. Mm. And then everything like fell a bit flat. Um, it's very hard and it's also understandable um, for a lot of people adjusting to COVID and their situations was difficult. Um, not everyone 
felt comfortable with with like online tools for meeting mm. plus it is also different like for the the community is very known for their person to person contact and once you lose that and you're trying to organize an after work online where only one person can talk at a time it, it breaks a bit what normal conversation should be like it's it's too clinical so because of that as well people have also not shown up to n events now organized in the last year let's say like when covid was a little bit less restricted um but like organizing events suddenly came with you need to think about this about that what about cancellation uh protocols uh spacing people far enough from each other um and then a lot of people say like yeah i don't find it secure enough i'm not coming so in yeah. the end people have become a bit discouraged to organize still things like we as pride still wanted to organize something in 2020 even though it was just online right. last year we did a hybrid event uh, which was very complicated because six weeks before the main event we still didn't know what was going to happen because uh because regulations were changing week after week mm. um but it's important it's important to keep organizing things and it is important for people to find again themselves other people so new initiatives can can start um yeah we know the problem as well with the different communities like the english speaking community the french german it's it's difficult to meet everyone in the middle but a, pr a pride generally is a very good event for that nice. um but it's like what for what's for the rest of the year like it shouldn't pride doesn't stop after a date pride mm. is something that goes continuously you should always be proud to be yourself and advocate for everyone to have the same rights as you like this this is and be a decent human being for everyone mm. else on this planet right the the basic things the basic. basically and um if i understand correctly is also a um, lack of bars of uh, queer or gay bars in luxembourg and in particular in the capital is that right yeah like now there is a queer friendly bar the escher cafe in escher we have the Café Dama in Differdange, who opened just with COVID, so they really mm. had a very tough time. Um, and then the the Barnum in and now I need to be careful in Redange. I'm I'm not I'm not so familiar with Luxembourgish towns, but I know mm. it is a very in very uh, mm. west west of Luxembourg. Right. Um, they organize a lot of drag shows, so it's it's their own it's their own concept, uh, yeah. uh, but also very nice. Um, it is it is a problem. Like before, we had the Bar Rouge, uh, which unfortunately closed. Like the the owner himself, he wasn't gay, mm. but he had someone a, a gay person like own, owning and running the bar. Yeah. But this person unfortunately died because of an overdose, and mm. then nothing else happened after that and so basically the owner decided i am changing uh, so the barouge in in the capital then um closed last year in may and it will reopen as something else or yeah it is already open as, as a kebab i think or or, or something which right. is sad that does sound very sad yeah it, yeah like there, there are there are queer friendly space spaces for example i know the palais uh often hosts uh, queer afterworks um, there are different rest restaurants as well. Mm. Uh, Beimlens, for example, where the bear community is doing their afterworks. We have 
the tube who is also mm. doing a special event uh, this month they have like a cocktail based on a cocktail that was made in the stonewall uh, mm. bar uh, that they are selling and the profit goes to to the pride as well so this is also very nice right. nice initiative so there are queer friendly spaces but not a place where you would go to as a queer person and know that you will not be frowned upon by mm. any random visitor around so like a real safe space where you can basically be mm. as you are mm. yeah exactly and meet um, like-minded people that you can sort of exchange with mm -hmm. and we get also with the Luxembourg Pride the idea in the mainstream uh, version of it that there's a lot of backing you see big companies behind it uh, and that also adds maybe to what we uh, mentioned earlier where people feel like it's all good mm -hmm. progress has been made but here we we sort of so start to enter into the territory of pinkwashing mm -hmm. so how do you spot pinkwashing it's a very hot topic this year i do not know why but it <laughs> is good also in a sense because that means a lot of people are paying attention to it mm. and we also see from companies that the question is being asked more frequently like how can we avoid uh being approached for pinkwashing like what what can we do like please explain us so it's very nice that they are actually reaching out to the community like help us guide us because we we are not sure either um mm. Which is good. I mean, no one needs to be an uh, an expert in in all domains, so it is good to reach out uh, if if needed. Uh, pink washing is or rainbow washing, uh, depending on yeah. on how you want to say it, is not always easy to spot. Um, for example, in a local or more like national company, it is easier because you can basically immediately keep someone responsible like if here a company doesn't do their their job or you you see that they're just using the community to make profit then you can immediately write the ceo or the director you know you can immediately have someone physical to to write to and that's mm. that's different um holding someone accountable yeah yeah exactly um well we we see it as well like for example if if a company would just out of the blue sign up for the march but for the rest, we don't hear from them. For the rest of the year, they're not sponsoring either or they're not trying to organize uh, sessions internally. You know, they're just, they're coming, but that's it. Like there's not nothing else done. Then that's for us a red flag. Mm. Um, as said also in, an, in another interview with, uh, with Vox as well, um, we haven't yet for, forbade someone like for participating in Pride or whatever, but mm. we are looking at things very closely. Uh, with international companies, it is way tougher. Um, like a lot of local initiatives or local groups of people from the company, they really want to do things. Um, but sometimes this is not carried over by higher management. So it's it's finding a bit the balance. Like you cannot blame local people for what someone else somewhere in the States, for example, has decided. Like. Of course, it's, it shouldn't stay at that level. Like what I want to say is those local initiatives should also push through on higher levels and reach eventually those people who can make decisions and that they can show like, look, this is what we have done internally. Carry this over like mm. with with 
allies as well. Like I know in HSBC, the the previous CEO left now for for another position, but he was a very strong ally in carrying on l initiatives from his own people, and that's that's what we want to see more. It's like, oh. the, like that pushing through. Um, I know it's not always easy, and there, yeah, sometimes you're being punished for for an, a mistake or a decision that someone else has made. So we at least want to give also our yeah attention to to those local people who really try to do their best like we shouldn't let them in the dust and say like no no uh, we're not including you yeah so is uh, luxembourg's pride a celebration or a protest it's both for me it is both and it's important that it is both um first of all it is a demonstration like the movement started as a demonstration and with recent events um, it should be very clear that it will always remain a demonstration. Um, very, very recent events in Oslo, um, yeah. in the weekend, on Friday evening. Um, it's very, very scary uh, for us as well, because Oslo Pride also decided to cancel the whole Pride because they were too afraid that something else might happen. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't want to put the security and safety of, of, of the citizens at risk, which is a very wise decision but a very difficult one it is still a demonstration and even though uh we might feel safe and secure today it might change tomorrow so it is important that we still show uh that we are there uh, and a pride is, is, an, is an excellent event to actually show how many people are affected and are uh, advocating for for these rights and also allies to in order to, to support a community like this is this is important this is this is necessary, um, but it is also a celebration. Um, I think we do need to celebrate the consequence of what happened at the Stonewall riots in 1969. We need to be happy that the black trans community stood up, that other people joined them and that we are now able to live relatively safe. But we should also be the, be the voice actually for, for other people like what is going on in in uh, in Eastern Europe? We should we are still part uh, of Europe, so we should also speak up and and try to push uh, things in a positive way. Um, but the celebration is is important. Like it also at the Luxembourg Pride, for example, we really focus on having queer artists as much as possible. Not always easy, uh, of course. Uh, it is a business. It is a music festival, yeah. uh, partially at the end. So you are bound to follow some some rules but it is important to for people to find each other to laugh to have fun to to exchange that's that's why it, the celebration part is important like you cannot have one without the other it would just be either too boring or not serious at all so it mm. needs to be that that good balance yeah i think it's a good it's a very important to street uh, to strike a right balance in it and i also remember my um on my arrival in luxembourg in 2019 i was at um uh, pride in uh, esch and there was uh, xavier bettel there who mm -hmm. had a, a speech which i really like how he he ended the speech with a very good uh, <laughs> mic drop if you will he said that um uh, being gay is not a choice but be being homophobic uh, is mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really great to have that sort of backing because he was there he was marching with everybody else 
Um, and that was my first uh, week of being in Luxembourg. So um, there you get a great uh, mm -hmm. introduction. Uh, and also a feeling that celebration is a really good way to bring people together, if you will, after you have put all the important issues, maybe to um, celebrate the effort of uh, the community and mm -hmm. all the other people who've put uh, that effort so that you can build on that, if you will. Um, so then, is there an event that you are personally excited about um, as an organizer, but also as a participant? I think there has been been so much work put into every mm. single event. Like I will be happy when everything runs uh, <laughs> runs smoothly. But the the most outstanding event is of course the Pride uh, weekend itself. Uh, this year again two days as back in two thousand nineteen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just because it is, there is nothing nothing in my whole life that reflects the feeling of community it is it is unbelievable when you see so many people together smiling happy people hugging each other it it just is something completely different i i cannot ex uh, yeah, describe it so i always hope that people come and like want to experience it for themselves even mm. if you are identifying as straight or not part of the queer community you can still participate Sounds like uh, you have been through a lot of things organizing this event. Uh, and you also mentioned uh, before our conversation that you are a limited number of people in Rosa Luxemburg uh, behind this. So with that in mind, uh, best of luck with the organization thank you. and carrying out this event. Um, and uh, Nicola, thank you so much for being here today. My absolute pleasure. And thanks a lot to our listeners. That just about concludes this episode. We'll catch you in a few weeks' time. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening. You can listen to all our podcasts on Delano.lu and on all podcast platforms. And subscribe to the Delano newsletter for all the latest Luxembourg news in English. Sign up on Delano.lu.